Hello and welcome everybody. We are delighted that you have downloaded this Cambridgeshire Virtual School podcast. This podcast is for education professionals invested in promoting positive educational outcomes for our children in care. We're really excited to be here with you for our very first podcast. So I suppose the first thing for us to do is to introduce ourselves. John, over to you. Okay, so my name is John Jordan-Hills, and I've been working in education now for roughly about 15 years, which feels like a very long time. And during that time, I've had lots of different experiences, uh, mainly within post-16 sector, uh, further education colleges, sixth forms, and um, pupil referral units. And I moved into the world of virtual schools about six years ago, um, really because of my passion for pastoral working and supporting vulnerable young people. And uh, that's exactly what the virtual schools do and what you'll be finding out about in the next few podcasts. Um, So that's a brief potted history as to why I'm here and uh, and why I'm doing the job I'm doing and presenting this today. So I will hand back to Edwina. Yes, my name's Edwina Erskine. I've been with Cambridge's Virtual School for quite some time. I started in 2005. There's been quite a few changes within education during that time, not least the role of the Virtual School head becoming statutory. Along that journey, I've worked alongside some passionate and really inspiring virtual school heads and colleagues. But ultimately, the consistency has been that we're all seeking the best outcomes for our children in care. Today, for our very first podcast, I'm going to get John to introduce what's happening I'm a little bit excited, sorry. <laughs> so today, our first podcast is all about the virtual school. We thought, let's start at the very beginning. Let's get two virtual school heads in to actually go through uh, the process and talk about what it is, what they do, why it's created, and uh, additional information that hopefully they've brought with us to uh, present today. So today I'd like to introduce you to Claire Hyans and Matthew Cook. I'm going to hand over to Claire first to introduce herself. So Claire, over to you, please. Hi, everybody. My name's Claire Hyans and I'm the virtual school head teacher for Cambridgeshire. Thank you, Claire. Lovely to have you here today. And Matthew. Hi, hello, everyone. Yeah, I'm I'm Matthew Cook, um, the virtual school head for Suffolk and also have the the great privilege of being uh, the current vice chair of the National Association for Virtual School Heads. So uh, a group that supports all of our our virtual school heads across the country um, to do the great work that they do. Okay, right. Let's start off with our first question. Over to you, Claire. What is a virtual school? Let's get to the grips of what this term means. Okay, so we've got a range of roles within the virtual school. It is a the virtual school head is a statutory role. It's within the, the promoting the education of children in care and children previously in care, 2018. Um, and although the guidance refers to the virtual school head, commonly across the country, the virtual schools have a team of educational professionals that support the the virtual school head within that role. Um, and that's exactly how we work in Cambridgeshire. And I know, Matthew, that's how you also work in Suffolk. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think I think the virtual school um, term is really unhelpful, actually. I think it's the bane of lots of virtual school heads' lives. Um, it, it refers to a virtual school role. 
and I think what we, we try and do is create the same protective factor for children in care as if they attended one school. Obviously they don't, they attend schools up and down uh, their own local, local authority area and beyond as well, uh, but it's to give them that oversight of one virtual school head teacher, one team uh, that hold them um, in mind on one virtual school role for the whole time. So that's where the kind of term virtual comes through uh, but it, it's it, I mean it's become more unhelpful now because of um, the uh, creation of virtual online schools and I think sometimes we can get confused with being online learning and we we are not we are not to do with online learning there's a bit of uh, a confusion there so it's all about that uh, duty for promoting improving making the very best of, um, of young people in cares experience at education setting them up for the rest of their life hopefully that's the, the the main ambition and um yeah and as claire says it started with that look looked after role and it's extended it's extended to children previously looked after um and now even more recently it's extended to children who've ever had a social worker um and technically that's uh, within the last six years but that extended role of of children who've had a social worker as well under our under our remit and our, our roles are quite different for those three different cohorts of children. So for children in care, we act as corporate parent and we want for, for our children in care the same as any good parent would want. Um, and it's really about how we can drive forward those educational outcomes um, as the, the very best parent we could be for a child. For children previously in care, our role is around advice and information. And whereas for our children in care, they may be placed anywhere across the country, when we're thinking about our children previously in care, it's children that are attending education settings within the local authority that, that we work. For children with a social worker, it's a strategic leadership role. So it is more about the cohort of the children, understanding the needs of the cohort of children. It's really about thinking about um, the, the data and what that data is telling us and how we can best support the network around the children to be able to promote educational outcomes. Goodness me, that would be some school assembly, wouldn't it? <laughs> OK, so that was really clear. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Claire, why were virtual schools set up? What's the history of them? So virtual schools came about because of the low educational outcomes for initially the cohort of children in care. Um, and since then, it's been recognised that actually those, those low educational outcomes are mirrored for children previously in care and, and those with a social worker, which is why the role has, has really grown and extended. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah, up and down the country, there's a there's a really significant difference between the educational outcomes of children in care um, and and children um, previously looked after as well. Children with a social worker, I think that the evidence is is very clear in national data and in local data, and um, we certainly see see that difference. But I think what we both see in Cambridge um, and Suffolk and and across the country is that although it's not a good thing to be in care, being in care and and the longer you're in care 
care um, is good for educational outcomes. And so we do see quite a significant difference in the progress of children who've been in care for a while, if they've been in care for a few years, in comparison to children who've just come into care, where there's a really big difference between their educational outcomes and, and others. Something, I mean, if you looked at GCSE results, you, you might find that there's a, a couple of GCSE grade difference between um, children who've just come into care and other children. So they would get on average two whole GCSEs less um, if they've just come into care. But after a few years, it's more like just one GCSE difference, but it is still one whole GCSE grade difference between uh, looked after children who've been in, uh, in care for a year or more um, and all other children. So although it's good and it gets better, there's still a big difference between uh, the, the outcomes of children in care and, and other children. And that's the the principal reason behind virtual schools existing, really needing to champion um, the education of these young people and, and moving beyond, it's about um, setting them up for successful adulthoods. So it doesn't stop at 16. It's that work beyond that, giving them meaningful uh, post-16 pathways and, and pathways to social economic independence uh, we'll, we'd strive for for our own children. So maybe we can unpick that a little bit then with the next question, and I'll fire to you first, Matthew, is what are the actual barriers? I mean, you very both clearly said sort of there's this huge gap in attainment between sort of young people sort of in care and their peers. Um, what are the barriers that they're facing that have caused this disparity between the results? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, many and varied. And I think it's, I mean, it's really important to say that the label um, child in care looked after child um, is quite unhelpful because they are children and they're um, they're not a homogenous group so if i was talking about barriers i'd be talking about very specific and individual barriers it's really important to see every child and acknowledge their story acknowledge their context um i think it's it's fair to say that no one comes into care for a good reason and so it very often is associated with with trauma and trauma um, has a significant impact on learning it has an impact on working memory um, and that can make a, a big difference to how you get on in school i think other elements it can be quite a challenging time for a for a child before they come into care and so there can be some really difficult barriers around um, missing certain assessments, not picking up on um, special educational needs that might be present. So whereas another child in another context and with greater stability, that might be picked up earlier. For a looked after child, that can sometimes go unrecognised for, for a long period of time. Um, so I think that there's a lot of context and I wouldn't want to say that there's a sort of a one size fits all, but we do find that there are, there are significant barriers to learning and lots of things that we can learn about what needs to be removed. So um, knowing that trauma is a common feature, um, understanding trauma and knowing how best to manage that, being informed about what approaches work with someone who's experienced trauma is a sort of a, a common feature that can make a make a big difference because that that barrier is yes a, a significant challenge. And again, we, we know that um, that the challenge of coming into care is particularly traumatic. And so understanding that at that point, you're more vulnerable. So knowing that you might need more um, intensive resources and that, that's the strategic role that a virtual school head can play. We can sort of understand our cohorts, know um, where the where the vulnerabilities are more likely to be and be strategic in where we allocate our resources so we can try and be a bit more proactive uh, about uh, the way that we organise our, our virtual schools and the teams that we have at our disposal. 
And do um, the attendance and exclusions of our looked-after young children, children in care, do they impact um, on that as well, Matthew? Yes, I, th- I think um, what, what's quite surprising when people are looking into this is that the attendance rates for children in care nationally, uh, certainly in my region, I think it's the same in, in Clare's, the attendance rates are quite favourable. And you sort of have a situation where on average, children in care uh, and their attendance is very similar to all children, despite the, the challenges that they're going through. I mean, that is testament to the fantastic carers that we have and the support and the, the way that they champion and advocate education. So um, there is there is obviously within that some children who are really struggling and there will be some um, challenges around attendance but as a whole children in care really uh, value school that's exactly what they tell us it's a really safe place um, a place which they really often find um, a a very stable feature in their life so attendance can be very good uh, but exclusion rates are much much higher for looked after children Um, there's uh, certainly uh, national evidence to suggest that the, the rate is depending on where you look and and, and what kind of cohort you're specifically looking at but something like 16 times the rate of exclusion for for looked after children and all other children Um, very rare permanent exclusions but I think that is the the work of the virtual schools and um, and finding alternatives because that is um, so so often the reason for a young person losing their home, um, a fixed term exclusion, an end of school can put just too much pressure on foster carers and so they 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 will sometimes and quite and quite often uh, give notice and end a placement when that situation arises. So really important. It, it's very different. An exclusion for a child in care means uh, a great deal of instability. So it's something we really look to support and avoid, but it is a feature of, of the cohort. They definitely experience exclusion at a higher level than other children. So if I can bring Claire back in now, then what exactly do you do day to day? You know, touching on subjects that uh, Matthew's just talked about, what does what do your staff, what do your team do with these young people? One day is very different to another day. I wouldn't say there's a typical day in the life of a virtual school. Um, One of our key roles is around the personal education plan. Um, so I know that there's going to be a podcast um, devoted to, to, to this area. Um, but the the personal education plan is, is a key tool for us within the virtual school to understand what's happening for our children. And it drives forward then a lot of a lot of our work and it helps us to know, you know, where we need to be supporting children. Um where a child comes into care or where there is a placement move, we obviously have a role to play in ensuring that the right education is in place for our children and that education is in place as quickly as possible. Um, and we, we're we there to really advocate for when things start to go wrong. So that might be around challenging exclusions, that might be a, around looking at um, increasing the um, attendance for a young person or or increasing their inclusion within the, the school environment that they are in. Um, we work closely with with all of our key partners. We were sort of the glue the virtual school really is in terms of we we will work closely with our um, you know fellow um, officers within the local authority. 
um, our you know special educational needs teams, our social workers, our independent reviewing officers. Um, we'll work closely with the full team around the child. Our carers obviously play a critical role and our designated teachers and senior leaders within schools. Um, and it's about really understanding exactly what's going on for the children and about how we can really work with that team to really empower the team around the child so that our children can do the very best that they possibly can. Yeah, no, I mean, a really good summary from Claire. I think that I uh, couldn't agree more that every day is different. Um, it's, a, it's a really uh, exciting role. I think, you know, in the team, um, there's a lot of problem solvers. There's a lot of knowledge, an incredible knowledge of um, what, uh, what, what systems are in place to support children. I think, you know, it's important to point out that we're not provision ourselves. We are enablers to provision. So rather than sort of um, stepping in and, and saying to schools you know this, this is too difficult for you we need to sort of uh, fly in and parachute in and support that it's about actually acknowledging that schools are often very very accomplished at uh, managing and um, and promoting the education of our children allowing them to thrive and, and flourish which is what our children ask for you know they're in care now they want to be given that opportunity raise the aspirations uh, look at uh, the, the, the the achievements that they're able to bring and it's about us empowering schools to do that sometimes with additional resource sometimes with um, conversations which look at what we've learned because this is a specialist area for us and for that, that school it might be uh, a very unusual profile but for us it might be something that we've encountered many times before and so we've got an understanding of the resources to, to bring to bear the partners that might be um, something that we're very aware of that a school might not know they might not know about some of the local resources that we know because we have tried that and had some real success uh, with uh, with other children with similar profiles so I couldn't agree more that we're the glue I think we're probably the grease as well um, I think sometimes it's about what a virtual school um, can do to internally make things better sometimes local authorities can be a bit slow they can be a bit cumbersome and um, the virtual school can be there advocating within I mean that's that's a really effective pushy parent a pushy parent who's within the local authority making sure that um, if it's an education healthcare plan assessment um, that it's on the top of the top of the pile and uh, that uh, we really clued into when those uh, timelines are and, and, when, and when things should be returned so making sure that there's no drift and delay in a young person's uh, education so yeah definitely uh, agree with that the glue and the grease is, is how I would describe it and I think we're we're, we're aiming to ensure that every child has the best matched education that they possibly can and sometimes that's about um, supporting the education to be better to have greater resource greater knowledge the uh, the resources it needs to be the best it can be and sometimes it's about moving um, that education on if it's not appropriate there's sometimes a need to look for something that uh, that meets needs in a better way i think there's a real skill in virtual schools knowing which way to go and, and, and when to do that and got some tried and tested um, uh, methods in, in, in bringing that to bear. I think also um, reflecting on the conversation that we've just had, thinking about beyond that, the day to day, it's also about that, that constant um, thought about strategy. And really thinking about actually what are we learning on a day-to-day -day basis and therefore what, what do we now want to do differently and, and how might we work with our key partners in a, in a slightly different way to achieve better outcomes for our children. 
And I think that um, just thinking about some of the examples of things that we've worked on over the last year and, are, and are, you know, has grown across, for example, the Eastern region, um, you know, we've, we're recognising the, the work of our multi-academy trusts that many of our children are attending. And um, we've, we've been working with our multi-academy trusts over the, the last year, really recognising the strategic influence that our that our mats have um, over not just one school but over a range of schools and if we can work really well with our with our strategic leads within our mats so we have the ability to influence what's going on a, a, across a number of schools and therefore influence outcomes for for a number of our children and that's really exciting Matthew wasn't it because that's something that we're now looking at taking forward across the eastern region yeah definitely yeah no it is it's a really um, exciting way of working um it means the profile of children in care um, is really raised within those organisations and uh, they start to um, challenge themselves and you know reflect themselves on what their own indicators of, of good practice are what they need to be striving towards so I think there is there is an element of that that the, the virtual school sort of does itself out of a job in, in that support and challenge and that um, there are others who are able to step up and, um, and ensure that, that that support and challenge works work occurs um, and it definitely makes a, a big difference. I, th I think we are in a privileged position um, to be able to see what works well. We've got um, really close eyes on children in care. Um, most virtual schools in Cambridgeshire, Suffolk the same. We're tracking on a, on a daily basis where they are, how they are doing. The PEP is a really robust document. It gathers um, really clearly how they're getting on educationally, education outcomes, the provision, the impact of that provision, the impact of um, various initiatives. And we were able to see that and learn from that and share and cascade that information. So it's, yeah, it's a powerful and, and privileged position to be in. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the other things that we've been working on, and I know we've touched upon in a in a future podcast, but our work around recovery through relationships, and you know, back to what we were talking about earlier on with with the needs of so many of our children, where where trauma will have been a feature of their lives, and how we can most effectively support our education settings to to really understand um, what's going on for our children and how and how to most effectively support them. That's really helpful. Thank you, both of you. Your experience and your passion has really come through with um, what we've heard this afternoon. And thank you both for taking that time. Um, to end the podcast, I'm going to ask you both separately. We're going to start with you, Matthew. What's the best thing for you about being a virtual school head? I, I think it's being able to see things all the way through. Um, our children are our children, um, regardless of where they move, what school they go to, and we get to see um, the sort of, the really big difference that that uh, our work makes. And it's, it's that experience of reflecting back and seeing a very challenging situation turn into something incredible um, and I, I've seen that on a, on a number of occasions where young people's lives have, have really been turned around and the achievements they've made are absolutely incredible and I think it, it's a, an incredible amount of work, it's an incredible amount of innovation and, and problem solving that is required to achieve that but it's almost addictive um, once you've kind of had that result 
and once you you know that the difference you can make uh, can be absolutely life-changing and we don't get it right all the time but I think the, the virtual school head role means that we're we're in it for the long haul and um, able to see things see things through and seeing that difference um, and reflecting back on the uh, on the yeah the life-changing difference that's been made is uh, an absolute privilege that's really it's a really lovely thing to hear thank you Matthew Claire um, I would echo absolutely what Matthew said I totally agree I think for me, um, the other part that I really just love is being part of a, a team where we're all united to work towards that common goal, you know, where, you know, everybody's purpose, everybody's reason for being in the job is to make that difference. And people are prepared to go above and beyond to really hopefully help our children to do the very best that they can. Thank you. Thank you both. Your honesty, as I said, is really refreshing. Well, John, we've made it through the first episode. I don't know how that happened, but well done us. <laughs> okay, so we'd just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our first episode. And as we said, this is uh, the first one on a series um, going through various different subjects relating to this type of work. So we hope that today we've enticed you in to hopefully download future episodes. Uh, it's just worth saying before we go that Cambridgeshire Virtual School is here to give every child in care and child with a social worker the opportunities and experiences to have the best possible education and achieve their potential in life. If you would like to know more, there are links in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to our show to hear more of our work. But for today, that's it. Thank you to you, Matthew. And thank you to you, Claire. Um, thank you, John. Well done. Well done, you, Edwina. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. And goodbye. The music in today's podcast was created by Cambridgeshire Children in Care, working with Noise Solutions. Noise Solutions.